Live from the kitchen, we are back. 19th Fairway crew. Shout out Mr. Joe cooking up a nice pasta salad while we do this thing. We are back from the U.S. Open Championship, Brookline, the country club. What an epic finish that was on Sunday. Congratulations to Matt Fitzpatrick getting his first major, securing his place in U.S. Opens. We got the major, all four majors for at least the next five years. And just overall, great finish. But Will Zalatoris missing that putt on 18 was a little tough to see. Also, I think it was pretty close on 17. I couldn't get a view from my vantage point. But what did you guys see on TV? What could have went differently? Walk me through that final stretch that you guys noticed anything on TV. I was uh, I was golfing during it, so I haven't seen any of it. But I did see Matt Fitzpatrick's shot out of the bunker on 18, and that was pretty crazy. I mean, it looked like a tough shot. I don't know exactly what the angle was, but any fairway bunker shot's tough, and he really just needed a par. Um so and that was pretty clutch. Not clutch driving it in there off the tee, but he made up for it. He certainly caused some drama. I, I mean, for him to make birdie from where he was on 15 and Zalatoris to end up bogeying from the bunker. Uh, you know, I, I thought one of the two when they came off the tee on 15 was going to end up bogeying. I did not think that either of them would make a birdie, but that two-stroke swing was ultimately the tournament. We were sitting right there on the left side of the fairway on 15. And uh, when the balls came flying off the tee, one went way right and one was in the right rough. Didn't know whose was whose initially, but eventually walked down the fairway. Fitzpatrick went a little more right into the crowd. And I couldn't even tell how far back it was until we saw the splitting of the fans going deep into that rough uh, on a little bit more of a matted down, walked over part of the uh, rough there so i think he got much better lie than zalatoris had and stuck one into the middle of that green giving himself a good look and eventually making that birdie putt was just incredible zalatoris came out left and ended up in that bunker didn't really get it close and ended up missing the par putt so a two-stroke swing on that hole then we go to 16 the par three where zalatoris made birdie after sticking it within five feet and Fitzpatrick uh, made a, a good attempt at a birdie, but ended up tapping in for a par back to a one stroke game. Meanwhile, Scotty Scheffler was up ahead and he birdied 17, I believe, to get within one as well. So we had a six, five, five atop the leaderboard on to 17 Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick out to the right side as it doglegs left and both get uh, onto the green. Fitzpatrick up above the hole with a, a tricky, slippery downhill putt and Zalatoris with a makeable birdie putt really from what I understand and what I could see of it, but did not make it there, left it into a, you know, an inch or two tap in and Fitzpatrick trickled that thing down, kind of laughed with his caddy, Billy Foster at the moment. Well, you know, he, he just needed to not run it by like he did on uh, an earlier hole. I, I forget exactly which one, but I think maybe it was 14 even. And Ended up making par there. They both parred onto the last. Scheffler had just missed a birdie putt on the 18th. That would have put him at minus six as well, atop the leaderboard, tied for that at that point. And Fitzpatrick, first off the tee on 18, went left into the bunker. We were hearing it in our uh, American Express little headphones that they hand out out there, and the crowd kind of went crazy at that point. We were standing on top of the grandstands behind the green on 15, the best vantage point we could get at that point. So many people surrounding the area. 
but we did notice that that was going to be a tough shot for him coming out of that bunker and par would be a good score at that point. But he did get out of that bunker with an epic blast that put him onto the green 20 feet, trickled one down and tapped in for his par. Meanwhile, Zal Torres was inside of 150 yards out, put it onto the green about 15 feet, trickled one right down to the bottom and barely going past the hole ended up tapping in for a par after an elongated, uh, you know, bit of disappointment for him. He dropped the putter, was kneeling to the ground, and you could just feel for Zal Torres after seeing major number two in a row slip away, the, the playoff with JT and the PGA Championship, and now barely missing a birdie putt on the 18th. That would have forced a playoff with Fitzpatrick. But Matt Fitzpatrick, the deserving champion of this year's U.S. Open, and what a great story after being the amateur champion at the same course in 2013, capturing both titles at the same course, just like Jack Nicholas with Pebble Beach. I thought that was great. I'm so happy to be there. I don't know what you guys thought of the tournament in general, what you guys thought of the country club, but let me know what you thought. Let me hear it. Hey, no chance I'm following up what you just said, but kudos to you. That was amazing. I thought the tournament was great, though. My two cents. I wish Zalatoris could have made the putt and gave himself an opportunity to win the playoff. I think he's really close and putting is obviously an improvement that he needs to make on his game. But I think to win a tournament, it doesn't come down necessarily to that. It's about closing. And um, I don't know. I'm excited for Zali. I'm happy for Fitzpatrick. He deserves everything he got with this victory but um i don't know there's a lot of excitement with the young guys and i think zally's gonna win soon though is my point but overall awesome awesome tournament i would love to see with the advanced stats that we have at our disposal if there's a stat out there for will zalatoris closest to the whole proximity from winning a major like he has almost won a major by like three centimeters. If he's had three centimeters, he would have been, <laughs> who knows what it would have been like. Straight up though. He's been close at like what the masters a few times in the PGA. And what the, was that yeah. where he lost it in like, in those, you know, becoming dark and uh, he missed the same putt like by that much and gave that guy his first win. Uh, it was in LA. It was uh, in San Diego. Like I think. I don't know. Was that the 2021 U.S. Open? <laughs> no, I don't think it was a major. Oh, it was just another tournament. Zali was that close to winning? It could have been yeah. the farm. Oh, hey. it, it must yeah. have been the farmers yeah. this year then. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, the farmers. Yeah. Yeah, he's been really close. Uh, he went out and said that he promises his putting is not the issue and. I know he's got a little bit of a, a quirky stroke, but it, it's true. Joe just said it. He's missed a couple of putts in key moments. Um, hasn't been able to to clutch up and grab it when it's there for him. I think the bogey on 15 really ultimately was the downfall, even though he answered right back and made birdie on 16. Um, you know, if he didn't bogey that and still was able to birdie 16, they could be going into 17 tied. But you never know how things shake out. Fitzpatrick was the most steady he had some insanely clutch moments throughout the week. I think Thursday or Friday, he chipped in from the rough. Uh, then he made like a 50-foot putt coming down the stretch on Sunday. Uh, the the 
bunker shot on 18 and making that birdie from where he was on 15. So some really clutch moments for Fitzpatrick. I think the odds were just kind of with him having the story of winning there in 2013 for his U S amateur title, knowing the course a little bit better. He said he was staying at the same house he stayed at nine years ago and felt comfortable all week. Also a big shout out to Billy Foster. Something I learned this weekend I didn't realize was he's been on the tour for 30 plus years working with guys like Seve Ballesteros and Dar- Darren Clark. I never won a major. So good for him. 30 plus years in the making to get that major under his belt. You saw him kiss the flag on 18 and was covering his eyes as, as Zal Torres was putting. So he he's worked for this one and I'm really happy for Billy Foster, but overall a great tournament and there was lots of carnage. A couple of things yeah. I want to point out. I think we said, right around six under was going to be the total. And it was right there. Um, I didn't expect as many scores to be as high as they ended up being guys like Spieth and Homa and Rose and JT were all plus seven or higher at the end of the week. And uh, one, one big one that I want to call out and, and congratulate G on this, but G took Scheffler last week with the seventh pick number one player in the world. And we were all kind of questioning it. We were all saying, yeah, I don't know. He he hasn't been playing as good lately. He obviously hasn't won since his masters, but he came right up and proved it. And congrats to Garrett. Kudos to Garrett for calling this out. And in a bit of a joking matter, he goes, yeah, he'll probably T2 or something. And what do you know? Goes T2 at minus five, Scotty Scheffler. So I have the first pick and let's just say he might be gone after that tonight. We'll just see. But. We do have the travelers, unless there's anything else from the country club. I want to, what do you guys think about the course in general? I mean, it obviously was playing pretty tough. We had some windy conditions. What did you see out there that you liked or you didn't like from the country club? I like having on the fescue on the side to actually, as you know, errant shots and not have sort of the the classic, you know, hit it into the stands and, uh, you know, get relief, you know, because the grandstands is, you know, pretty wide open and you could get yourself into some serious trouble if you hit a bad shot. And I love, you know, seeing, you know, tour players react to hitting, you know, being penalized for hitting bad shots, because that's the reality of the golf that we all play. You know, we don't get these grandstands and whatnot. And we, you know, make triple bogeys when we hit it into the shit. And to see that the tour players now have that option as well in, in the U S open is I think that's why everyone loves it is because it's, you know, more relatable golf, so to say for us. Yeah. It looked like a proper U.S. Open test. The course was looking pretty fresh. Love, like, drivable par fours. Um, they had some reachable par fives and then some beasts of par fours, which is what they do at the U.S. Open. Um, most disappointed in Rom, probably. I think he was one back going into Sunday. It was, like, second to last group or something. Double bogey, I think, put him one or two back. But double bogey on 18 was disappointing. I think he was – Minus three going into Sunday and the leaders were minus four. Is that right? Yeah. So he had a one shot lead and double bogey to put himself one back and out of the final group. So not only the double bogey, when he should have gone into Sunday with the lead, he just completely collapsed on Sunday. wasn't even in contention, pretty much never had a chance, but I had high hopes for him going into the week and he showed up for three days and I truly thought he was going to take it and just collapsed on Sunday. So he's probably the biggest disappointment for me. I could say the same about Rory and Scheffler. Rory obviously was a few strokes out of the lead. I think he was minus one to start the day, and the leaders were at minus four. 
but he made a birdie on one. And I emphasized the importance of what holes one through four for the leaders. Cause those holes were playing tough before five through eight were playing under par. So he got off to the right start he needed, but more importantly, Scheffler, he got off to an extremely hot start on those first eight holes. And at one point early on, I think later in the front nine though, had a two shot lead and all he needed to do is, is sit on that. But um, I think another double bogey, he had a double on Saturday and I think he had another double bogey on Sunday that ultimately took him out of the running until he had a chance to make a birdie on 18 and just didn't, didn't finish with that one. But yeah, a proper test. Absolutely. I ended up spending a lot of time around hole 11, that short par three down the hill. Sunday it was playing 119. I heard, I heard a caddy say adjusted to 99. I heard the number 98 toss out there. So about a 20 yard adjustment on that hole. And um, a lot of guys were pulling fifties or 52s out of the bag and about a three quarter smooth little swing, trying to get some spin on it, but not too much spin. Cause a lot of them were just knocking it down. Uh, and that front pin placement made it really interesting, but just from a vantage point, you know, you could be right there on the tee and, and see the guy swinging, but also a pretty good view of the green. So that was a fun hole for me to watch in person, but what were some favorite holes that you guys had throughout the week? I didn't really watch much. Yeah, I didn't either. Five was was the drivable par four. That's the one Um, Rory slammed the bunker. Yeah, that was a great hole. And then um, the long par five or or par four where Fitz hit it over the the car path. And like no one had been across that car path. I think it's like 15 or something. beast of a par four and then 10 i like 10 because they were driving it over the rocks and they had like a 190 like 180 shot uphill to a tough green so that played as a hard hole all week that was fun to watch yeah i agreed i didn't watch a whole lot of 15 through 17 until sunday but you're right no not a lot of people were getting to that cart path that crosses uh and then 10 was a lot of fun to watch uh we were standing in just a perfect spot and uh girlfriend went into the bathroom off of 10 and as she was coming out jordan spieth was running right into the porta potty so we were right next to spieth going to run in and, and use the restroom real quick the police had to block everyone from bombarding into the restroom as well so quick little jaunt for spieth on uh on saturday to the porta potty i ended up doing the same thing i was coming out of a porta potty and washing my hands in there when adam scott walked in and just said hey adam <laughs> just didn't know what to say but <laughs> he, Howdy. Goes, he goes hey <laughs> so quickly like walked in walked out but you know that was pretty cool and we figured the best place to get close to the players at a u.s open or any tournament is probably the porta potty so that's a little known fact for you guys if you attend pga events but a lot of fun i agree 10 was a great hole uh, down the stretch like I said, didn't watch a whole lot. I think 18 was was pretty good. A little bit of up the hill at the end with the elevated green and bunker surrounding. But the guys still had birdie opportunities. wasn't easy, but they had chances. Um, overall, though, I thought it was a good proper test and a lot of good tough shots, blind holes, long holes. 14 was obviously really fun, that big dog leg left up the hill. But the U.S. Open, overall, great test. Deserving champion in Matt Fitzpatrick. And now that that's over we have one major left in the year and the word is that after this next major the open championship in a few weeks that we're going to see some more defectors but we got two in the last two days abraham answer 
and now Brooks Kefka decides to join Liv. There's a lot of rumors swirling about who will be next, if there's going to be more players to go before their next event in Portland at the end of this month. So we've got about eight or nine days to get those names out if there are more to come. But a pretty solid field in the last you know few weeks since the inaugural one in London. I mean, Bryson has joined. Now you've got Abe Answer. Now you've got Brooks Kepka. So we have the Brooks-Bryce rivalry going. I think, you know, there's a, a lot of rumors about maybe a Xander, and I could see if Xander goes, maybe Cantlay goes. But who knows? Morikawa shut it down today. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is, is this good for the game if more players go, more more names like maybe Xander or Cantlay? Oh, that's such a tough question. I feel like, man, I feel like it is good because it'll – you know, force the PGA Tour to implement more change uh, quicker when all their stars are leaving. I think that's the ultimate goal of, you know, what Phil sort of said. We texted about it. You know, Phil, this is what Phil has been wanting. And, you know, when he first, you know, made those public announcements and, you know, he wants it for the betterment of the tour and to advance, you know, the game. And now look at what the tour has done, just, you know, a little competition. And now they're adding, you know, a cool new incentive for, you know, granted it's the top 50 players. So, you know, that's cool for them, but, um, yeah. So just, you know, moving the game, uh, you know, in a forward direction a little bit sooner. So that's always probably a good thing. And there will be other events for players who aren't ranked in the top 50 in the FedEx cup to still, you know, get their points needed to have status for the next season and so on. But that will be cool. I mean, it's basically a WGC for FedEx cup players and, we'll get to see the top 50 on the PGA tour, at least compete in a few extra events with a bigger purse and more incentives for the players to finish the year strong. So that is exciting. And we'll get some more news on that tomorrow and a press release that Jay Monahan is scheduled to do before the travelers championship. And that is set to go into effect in the 2023 season. So we won't see any of that this year, but next season we should get a lot more of that also reminds me of this Netflix documentary. I think uh, there were some names that were originally on the Netflix, you know, player list that have not affected. Like I think Taylor Gooch might've been one of them. I'd have to go back and look at it exactly, but that'll be interesting to see how this Netflix documentary comes out. If they just scratch those players from it at all, because it's a T- PGA tour event, or if they go on as planned, maybe a little bit of a deeper look into how these decisions were made and what ends up happening. But there's a lot still, up in the air about this whole new live tour and what players may or may not go. But for now we have a few names that have committed. Brooks Kepka is obviously a really big one. Abe answer is a really good up and comer that has signed over. Um, I think it's cool for Abe, just the fact that he, you know, has his Flecha Azul tequila brand and he likes to be able to promote that as much as possible. Now he's obviously got a lot of extra capital to back that. So, you know, good for him. And that's what I like to see for young guys. You know, it's not just the old guys who are beyond their prime and will maybe never win again on the PGA Tour, but some young guys who want to come in, make a quick buck, play some good golf, make more money playing the golf, but also chase other endeavors that they're passionate about in their life. Yeah, you definitely can't do that on the tour. <laughs> you're busy on the tour, that's for sure. And you're, you're grinding to make your money. But there is a lot of money to be made. Obviously, these guys have made a fortune already, but there's a lot quicker options and less of a commitment on the Lyft Tour, which is good for the game. I just hope that eventually they'll be able to move about the cabin freely and and play where they want to play. 
but that doesn't seem to be in the cards for now. We do have the Travelers Championship from Hartford coming up. There is a lot more players in the field this year than when I was there last year. Last year, the first two names that I think of right away were DJ and Brooks that I was watching a good amount of. Bubba's obviously there all the time, but out with injury this year. So a completely different look at the Travelers Championship. TPC Deer Run or TPC River Highlands, I believe it is, yeah. uh, down in down in Hartford, Connecticut. So not too far away. Players got to make their way over there pretty quickly. Titleist players had a nice little surprise this week, getting the new TSR drivers in the bag, testing those things out, looking pretty icy fresh. If you ask G himself, he'll tell you. But we are on to Hartford, Connecticut, the Travelers Championship with a stacked field. And let's just get right into these picks. I think it's going to be Closer to 15 to 20 under par this week. Not quite like the U.S. Open. Should be pretty nice down there. I'm expecting a birdie barrage compared to last week, which I'm excited about. So guys like Tony Finau, Roy McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, some big names in this field. And if you guys remember last year, the, the champion, Harris English, was taken to eight playoff holes by Kramer Hickok. I live about two, two and a half hours away from there. And we left at the start of the playoff and we're just about home by the time the playoff was over. So I think we made a good idea to get out of there. We would have been there until about 10 PM or later, but great tournament. Excited to watch this one, especially with this stacked field. So let's get right into these picks. I am going first. And as much as I would like to pick a person I will not name, I'm going to go with world number one, finishing T2 at the U S open Scotty Scheffler. No surprise there. Good pick. Are we, is it three? I think so. I mean, yeah, there's good players, but it's not as as deep as we'd like it to be for four. Yeah, I think it's me then. Just going to go completely rogue with all three of my picks. Just throwing that out there now. Wow. Going to take a guy that has been playing well, was on, hung around at the US Open for a little bit, faded over the weekend. Fellow Oregon boy, Aaron Wise. Love it. Ooh, interesante. As a note, before anyone goes picking, Will Zalatoris did withdraw from the tournament. Got it. <clears throat> Good to know. All right, my first pick, no surprise here, my boy JT, team Titleist. We know how to get her down. Boom. Like that. I like that. The guy that I'm going with is hitting it well. Uh, he got a little beat up, you know, by the course um, on Sunday. But strong finish. I'm going with a guy who I've labeled Choke Leroy. Didn't <laughs> really – Again, it really disappointed me. Um, I the name pretty good on Sunday, but um, yeah, we're going, you know, number two in the power rankings, Rory Choke Leroy. Back to back weeks, Didn't I well. gotta say, you know, I'm not too shocked because it's a good pick. Rory is in form and he has the absolute power to dominate this course. I did look into his power rankings profile and he's short a top 10 at this tournament so we'll have to see but 
I'm only saying that because I didn't get to pick him. I definitely would have gotten him with this next pick if he was there. So good pick, Mr. Joe, which believes me with, you know, my ultimate guy, Mr. Chip in from the sand on 18 to the chest bump with Greller, Jordan Spieth with that epic victory at the Travelers a few years ago. Oh, knew that was coming. Um, was wondering if Joe didn't pick someone he's labeled as Chocoroy, but yet he still picks him every week now, Joe. Um, were you going to go with Roy or Speed? D? Oh, I, I probably would have gone Rory with that pick if he was available. Wow. All right. We see where your allegiance lies. Um, both one of my favorite players. Let's see. Continuing the rogue status, going with Davis Riley. Um, probably been the best rookie on tour this year. Don't know if too many people know about him, but JT's teammate at Bama. Also team titleist, G, learn the name. He's the one that lost the playoff in the Valspar to that Sam Burns putt? Yep. Would you have called him maybe the best player, or maybe the best rookie if Cameron Young didn't cost you with that 84 on Sunday a couple weeks ago? Well, he also cost me this week missing the cut. Um, but, yeah, Davis Riley, I think, has been probably more, more consistent up to this point. But we'll see. Still some season to go. My pick? Round yeah. a G. All right. I'm going to go with another team titleist. Both these boys are testing out the TSRs this week. D, I apologize, but I'm going Mr. Jordan Speed. Gee, I literally just fixed it last Gee. time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, I was not listening. I was going and getting food. So, all right. Well, that sucks. <laughs> Shows you how much I'm paying attention. All right. Damn. I was going to pick Rory if Joe didn't. But, yeah, no, since Joe went Rory, I went Spieth right away. Got it. So, Garbage, Cantlay, and Burns are available. Or not Burns. Burns available. No, I'm going Leishman. Leash, oh, that's another one that we're hearing about. I don't know if it's confirmed, but Mark Leishman and uh, Adam Scott may be also heading to live. Wow, you went Leishman? Why? Yeah, fire. Yeah, that's going to be my third pick. Didn't think you'd go that high up the power rankings. Yeah, I got an insider track this week. She labeled him Trash Burns, but I think he's been playing pretty good, actually. <laughs> Down for Mr. Sam Burns. Yeah, he's been balling, no doubt about it. Nice, yeah, that'll be a trash pick. All right, this is a no-brainer, Xander Shoffley. He's got too many top 20s in a row, so just going to fill that one in right there. (laughs) Nice. Cool. I'm going to pick a guy that I wouldn't like. He's just absolute trash in majors, off-limits in majors forever. But since it's a non-major, he'll probably show up, Patrick Cantley. Oh my hey. god! Oh, you're gonna say Matthew Wolf, and I was tripping for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Geez, third pick. Who will it be?" I'll probably pick like Scheffler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good call, Will Dog. I'll go Scheffler. Gosh, um, 
I got to go with Sung J.M. Even though last time I picked him, he went like plus 35 through nine. But we got to trust him this week. I like that. I like that. Uh, who do I want between these two? I'm going to go uh, Joaquin Neiman. Bah. Joaquin. Jocko. Go love. You can go. All right. We've got our three picks in. Definitely expect this field to, or our field to be around the top of the leaderboard. I don't know. We'll see if we have any missed cuts this week. We'll see how much that hurts us is the real question. And I want to throw out one name just because I remember watching him a little bit last year at the Travelers and also had a nice little top 12 at the U.S. Open last week. Seamus Power is a name to watch this week. None of us picked him. That's kind of my echo statement just to say let's see what he does but pretty good field for us i think we're gonna have a nice little tournament this will be kind of our halfway point before we get to seattle stay tuned for that we have some things coming from there absolutely not gonna give away too much yet but this will be the last tournament of our first half for our group picks here and we'll get right back into it following up that trip to seattle so stay tuned talk to you guys soon make sure you guys are following also get onto instagram go to tiktok go to spotify if you're not watching it on Spotify or listening on spotify and you're on youtube subscribe on youtube and go over to spotify and give it a follow there as well hit that subscribe and like button all right it really helps us out get up on there